This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Celtic State of Mind. Today I am joined by John Hughes and Paddy Sinnott. Kevin Graham is not going to be with us today, sadly, but he will be back in the hot seat next week. Um, next week, Wednesday, ah, that's in between Christmas and New Year, it's fine, he will be back. Uh, we will be playing our single. John and Paddy, you guys were part of the push for the charity weekender, you're, you're aware of the song, it's doing really, really well, it's been as high as number 16 in the main chart and obviously we'll keep pushing it all week um it can who knows where it can go it's just a phenomenal song and it's it's great that people are buying it for the right reasons um 
We'll play that for you at some point during the show. But let's talk about Celtic first. I know that's why all the commenters tune in. They want to talk about um, our team. There's plenty happening. Um, there's plenty happened that we'll chat about. Obviously, we've got ticket allocations at Ibrox. We've got the second half of a season. We've got Livingston and loads of transfer gossip as well. But um, first and foremost, you two have not on a Celtic state of mind anyway, had an opportunity to talk about uh, the weekend's game. Um, the Aberdeen match, the victory, the fact that uh, they, they parked the bus. I'll come to you first, John. They parked the bus in classic um, SPFL style, but I wouldn't have expected it from Aberdeen at Pataudry, John. Well, I mean, I sort of written down during it, uh, pragmatic or pathetic, cautious or cowardly, uh, was in my notes. And uh, I'm a very pragmatic person, uh, and so I'm sort of conflicted. I, obviously, you can see what he was doing. Uh, and it nearly worked, to be fair. Uh, it nearly worked. You can see what he was doing. Uh, he's trying to protect his job. He's trying to get his team the most number of points. <clears throat> he decided that the best way to play against us was not to play at all uh, and, uh, you know, display the, 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 the very little scene 802 formation. Um, so, you know, that that's fair enough. Uh, that's his prerogative to do that. Uh, and I understand that from a pragmatic point of view. From a football point of view, it is woeful. Mm. From a product point of view, it is disgraceful. From a, a vision and courage point of view, it is outrageously poor. Uh, you know, I understand the pragmatism, but have some testicular fortitude. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I absolutely show some testicular bravery. fortitude. <laughs> yes, I will be using that. I'll be claiming that as my own, John. I, that's brilliant. That. Come you, that's <laughs> but you know the the, the absolute um, the lack of ambition. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, it's not his job to worry about Scottish football overall. It's not his job to worry about the Sky Deal. His job is to sort out his team. So I, again, I understand that. I understand they have a lot less resources than we do. I, I do understand it, but it was so abysmal, abysmal to watch. And here, they didn't do it last night. No. You know, they ended up losing anyway, uh, but they didn't do it last night because they obviously decided that was not the way to play against them. So, you know, it turns out they'd been better off playing that way against them. But, um, you know, it was, I, I mean, we all know, it was an awful game to watch. And the, the consequences of that... You know, from our point of view, I, I said at halftime in the live chat, which uh, I just thought we were pedestrian uh, and predictable, and we were. Uh, and mm-hmm. as I, you know, because when you see things like people lauding uh, Callum McGregor for having 174 odd passes more than their entire team, that's fantastic. But that is indicative of a problem. The problem is everything is going through him. Every touch of the ball is going through him. Your your forwards, your your jotas and your maders, all the rest of it had barely a kick. Um, so people going on about Kyogo, I mean, the chances we made were few and far between, to be fair. Um, but, I mean, it was an awful, awful watch. And you just, uh, it just feels to me like, uh, we were talking about the weekend, Paul, about uh, certain players like Tommy Burns and stuff like that and the advent of the new firm. Aberdeen used to be a great side. Yeah. You know, I mean, a great side with a proud history. And this... You know, perhaps it's an acceptance of the reality of the financial situation 
But for the love of God, man, you know, do something, show some ambition. Um, I, I mean, St Mirren, uh, you know, they, they deployed much the same tactics, but their two big guys up front were able to hold the ball up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Aberdeen players weren't able to do that. Everything was easily uh, swallowed up by Carter Vickers and Starfelt, who did really well with the limited work that they had to do. But I just, it was such a disappointing spectacle. Uh, it sort of depressed you, not from the point of view of, I mean, we we were in so much control of that game, it was almost tedious, you know, uh, and, you know, the way we were playing was fairly tedious because, you know, the patterns were developing, the patterns of passing were developing mm-hmm. constantly and they were always the same, you know, so from, you know, Ralston to McGregor to Taylor, blah, 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 you know, and it was it was just like this, so, you know, O'Reilly and back again to McGregor and, you know, <clears throat> Hatati and back again to McGregor. And so it was it was very difficult. And, it is, and it's also difficult. You don't want to overly criticise the players. What are you supposed to do about that? Those tactics are designed to nullify better players. That's mm-hmm. what they're there for. You, you know, when you are playing that deep, you make the difference between a five million pound player and a one million pound player marginal, absolutely marginal. Um, so that's what they're obviously trying to do, and you know it does work to an extent. They, they were a few minutes away from getting away with it, um, but you know, glorious, glorious return from, from Callum McGregor. What a strike! What a layoff from the. Uh, another man that made it into the, the conversation at the weekend for nearly 500 appearances, James Forrest, yeah. comes on, running the show. <laughs> lovely, the thing lovely is... way off. And Abada was great. They, they weren't... Sorry, just right. Well, fi- one final thing. They, uh, someone pointed out to me, oh, he's not a better player than Jota. I don't see you. Blah, blah, blah. It's not about better. It's about different. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's about bringing something different and we really needed something different. And to me, we needed it earlier than we got it. I thought the substitutions were quite slow to an extent. But anyway, that that's my main thoughts on it, Paul. No, but some of the points you made there, John, um, I, I would like to expand on them a wee bit. Firstly, the, the wingers, the situation with the wingers, whereby obviously there's been two changes made. And I'll throw this over to yourself, Parry. James yeah. comes on, makes a real impact. Abada came on really made an impact in the second half. You know, everything basically was channeled through him. And I know that um, the the statisticians amongst us will be aware of the systems used and utilised for data analysis. And part of that, John, is passing between particular <coughs> players. So when you watch, the, it's almost like a heat map and the line between Starfelt and Carter Vickers is often a very solid red line because the <laughs> passing's going back and forward. And then, you know, McGregor and... So oftentimes O'Reilly come in a wee bit deeper to get the, the passing. And what would have been really obvious to, to anyone analysing those charts would be the, the fact that we weren't breaking the lines, Paddy, to the wingers. So you weren't getting Carter Vickers and Starfelt, you know, missing out the midfield and going to, in the first half, Jota and Maeda, and then in the second half, um, Forrest and Abada. And, you know, it sounds like a simple change in direction, but often that is how to get the opposition on the back foot. But I think the biggest uh, impact and the biggest reason we were able to break them down eventually was down to the fact that uh, Forrest and Abada came on and made a massive impact. No, exactly. And I think, Ange, he, he kind of alluded to it yesterday at the press conference. The reason why he made the half-time change for Maida to Abada was because there just wasn't any space. There was no space for Maida to, to make any 
any of those kind of runs that he makes. It needed somebody to unlock um, or, or to break through those ranks. Those, those, I mean, was it a bank of five and a bank of four that Aberdeen played? Or was it a, I don't know. Um, but it definitely, there was no space for Maeda. It needed somebody just to kind of open it up, open the game up a wee bit. And that's what Abada did when he came on. The guy's he's, he's quick, but he's also tricky. Mm-hmm. He knows how to beat a man. He can he can ghost by players. I mean, how often do we see him ghosting on that right flank and um, and catching defenders out? But now I, I agree with that. The, the, the changes made, although I mean, at least Ange took he, he took it and, and he made that change early for a bad Maida. Normally, you you would tend to wait to what the fifty fifth, sixtieth minute, but half time he thought, nah, it's not working. And the change he made, I mean, Abada was one of the best players on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And he was only on for 45 minutes. That, that itself tells you tells you exactly the story of the game. And, and to a certain extent, I, I kind of look at it a bit differently for, 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 um, for John. I understand why Aberdeen set up that. We understand that they've got a job to do. They need to stop either attacking them. That that wasn't the remit that, that Jim Goodman was brought into to Aberdeen. He was brought in to, to bring that attack in football. He said when he was hired, he was wanting to close the gap between Celtic and Rangers at the top of the table. You're not going to close anything um, playing that kind of football. You're not going to get anywhere near any of us playing that kind of football. I mean, you look at the form of Aberdeen before they came to face us. They were a decent run of form um, and they were playing decent football as well. I just think if you played that kind of style at Celtic Park, not got an issue with that at all because we all know that's what play, that's what teams come come to Celtic Park and play. They play that kind of style of football, but at home, in front of your own fans, um, aye, I I just think it's it's the worst game of football I can remember in the past <laughs> two seasons um, since Ange Postecoglou took over. Um, teams are now the, the teams now know the kind of style of football we play, and now they're taking. I don't know if I want to say steps to nullify it because that wasn't a step to nullify it. That was just a whole. That that was they built a wall mm-hmm. on, on Saturday afternoon. It wasn't even. They didn't even attack. They didn't even attempt to attack. I think they had one shot and it was even on target for a home team, for a team like Aberdeen. It's just no good enough. Um, but I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at it. I suppose obviously for a Celtic point of view. But if I was an Aberdeen fan, I would, I would have been, and, I, and, and I, for what I can see on, on social media, a lot of them were only very happy about the tactics that were set out on Saturday against us. Yeah, for sure. Now, a couple of wee bits there. Firstly, you're talking about from a Celtic perspective, and we do, we speak from a Celtic state of mind. But on Saturday, we had a couple of Aberdeen fans in for part of the pre-match uh, preparation, and they were buoyant. They were talking about the attacking flair of their side, particularly yep. at home. So I get what you mean there because they've completely changed tact. Um, and I didn't even see 75 minutes in them then saying, right, let's go back to what we've been doing for the last six weeks at home and then try and get the uh, us on the back foot. I didn't see that at all. The other thing, and I keep throwing this in, it's a bugbear of quite a few of us, and I think JP and I have spoken about it quite a bit with regards to allocation uh, in away grounds. And the argument that Alan Burrows has previously made is it's all about building up your own home support and, and all this kind of stuff. Well, on the one hand, you're not giving us enough tickets. And on the other hand, the product that you're putting in front of your own fans is absolutely murder to yep. watch. So it flew in the face of that. But it's a nice bit of linkage into ticket allocations elsewhere <coughs> that, that we'll talk about. Um, the other thing I was going to say, 
we chose for the first time in two years to do a watch along uh, Kevin McCluskey and I and it just so happened to be one of the worst games of football in those two years <laughs> as well um, yeah. honestly you you're sitting there thinking what, what are we going to talk about now uh, do we have Joe Beltrami interviews right I'll play them yeah. I'll tell you enough, I think Paul you were miles behind as well oh, I'd, already, I'd already typed a couple of things <laughs> out and I was going to say still not seen that goal oh, <laughs> that, that's the worst part about it I mean yeah. it was the Ferenc Farros game um, a couple of years back I, I won't have to tell you which one I'm talking about where it was down to one game obviously in Europe for obvious reasons and we were murdered but we were doing that game watching the past to paradise whilst doing it whilst we were all locked down and people were texting us when the goals were going in and we're still sitting watching the official <laughs> stream and it just it was horrendous and that was the reason we didn't do it since then um, talking of passes to paradise and paradise and that kind of stuff I'm breaking away for a moment I'm going to get back to the football chat in case you're wondering, we get a lot of really nice gestures on a Celtic state of mind. And I know it's easy to focus on some of the toxicity out there on social media and stuff like that. But today, I received this, right? Now, it may not instantly look like anything Celtic-related, right? But there are 12 singles here. For any of the younger viewers, a single was something that was on a thing called <laughs> vinyl, which looked like that. Um, and... You couldn't download it to your phone. Um, and these are actually from Kevin McDermott, who is from the Kevin McDermott Orchestra, who, you know, came to fruition back in the 1980s and the 90s alongside bands like Delamitri. Um, and Kevin McDermott's been a good friend to a certain state of mind. And this song, Everything Is Over, was used in the Henrik Larson DVD that Celtic produced, um, The Boy Who Would Be King, I think it was called. <coughs> And this song played out the DVD. So Kevin thought, you know, he's doing fundraising. I'm going to send these out to you. And they're all signed. So we've got a dozen of them. We've been playing it on the on the decks, on the turntable. That's called that's a record player where you put a little needle into the groove, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even think half of them what I see. either. Never mind a record player. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. I mean, that, that sound of the static uh, just before the song comes in. It's still special. Yeah. So thank you to Kevin McDermott. These are some of the things that happen at um, a Celtic state of mind that we do want to shout from the rooftops because it's just about being kind. Uh, so they're, they're going to form part of the, the auction that we're going that we're planning. Some of these items behind me are going to be part of that. This here, you might have seen this before. This is the that, that book of uh, newspaper headlines involving Celtic. And that was also sent to us by someone who follows us on the Twitter page. Um, just out of the goodness of their heart, it goes by the name Gino Ginelli. And, uh, you know, it's just these people are just being kind and they're sending stuff to us um, that we could potentially keep in the studio or use as part of the auction. So thank you all so much for that. We will be playing the record at some point today um, because we are pushing it as much as we can. As I say, we were at number 16 above the likes of Mariah Carey and Ed Sheeran and all they guys. Um, we've dropped down a wee bit because other things have happened in the world of music. So big shout out um, to Martin Duffy, who passed away, unfortunately, and sadly, untimely. He was um, indeed a member of Mar uh, Primal Scream, one of my favourite bands of all time, just 55 years of age. And on the same day, uh, Terry Hall from The Specials also passed away. And uh, let's not forget Ian Templeton, the drummer of another couple of my favourite bands, The Laz and Shaq. Uh, they all died on the same day. So uh, thoughts and prayers with all their friends and family. On today, we'll get back to the music a little later. Um, I want to bring in some of the, the comments. Urban Culture is feeling really 
really confident tonight. Four nothing win, five subs used, no injuries. I would like a wee bit of that. If you're going to be at the game or if you're going to tune in on a Celtic TV stream, official of course, um, keep your ears peeled. Is that right? Keep your ears to the ground. No, keep your eyes peeled. That's what it is. <laughs> keep your ears to the ground. Um, because that was a classic Kevin Graham. I know I'm sitting in Kevin Graham's seat here. <laughs> because the song, The Glory and the Dream, will be played tonight at Celtic Park. Thank you to everyone at the club for organising that, and particularly to JP Taylor for getting the ball rolling. When the ball ricocheted off two Jazz players' hands, we're talking about a game last night, uh, before they scored, should definitely have been looked at by VAR. Almost identical. I know that um, there's there's been a lot of this over the last couple of weeks in relation to our nearest challengers. And I get it because it is going to come back in the conversation as we move uh, throughout the season. We're going to concentrate on the Celtic uh, for today. Danielle comes in. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm sick of talking about them now. It happened last week, last night, and we'll continue focus on us, like Anne says. Absolutely, and you know there will, I'm sure, be occasions where we need to talk about VAR decisions and refereeing decisions involving Celtic. So, I mean, I've seen some of the decisions last weekend in the game against Hibs, and I disagree with them. But uh, we're concentrating on getting the win tonight. We will be talking about ticket allocation, though, uh, talking about some of the empty seats at Pataudry. We, John, are given 708 tickets for the upcoming spectacle at Ibrox on the 2nd of January. Um, That scenario should have been put to bed by now, but it doesn't look as though it's going to be. Uh, What's your thoughts? I mean, it's just rumbling on now, isn't it? Yeah, uh, my thoughts are, first and foremost, Paul, I'm just taking wee second away from that to say the uh, job you did the week I thought that was ordinary the amount of effort you put in uh, to make that thing amazing mate. so hats off to you you know that was incredible uh, and still ongoing uh, and on that note as well you see that the Celtic Foundation have raised £385,000 in their charity appeal for their Christmas appeal more than ever more than yeah. ever in the face of people being absolutely skint more than ever. So what a club 
um, and the people that support the club like yourself, uh, hats off to you all for making these things happen. Absolutely extraordinary. So as for the, the tickets, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I suppose I was one of those who said, uh, hell mend them. And I don't care. I know that, but I don't want to take it away from like the real diehards that want to go there and have pee thrown on them from, you know, the the, the stand above and all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, seven hundred tickets. Seven hundred tickets isn't so much a. You know, that's not a fan allocation. That's an expeditionary force into enemy territory. You know, that's uh, you know that, that's really. Uh, you know, that, I can't see how that would be enjoyable. I wouldn't even attempt to go myself because I just think that would be an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I know the guys, a lot of our guys love it and would want to be there. I, I don't see the point of it um, myself. Uh, and uh, I certainly don't see the point in having, you know, the equivalent number of them at our ground. It, it, it's just a nonsense. And the only reason we're even still doing this is because nobody wants to be seen to be the final one that just goes, I'll tell you what, let's just wrap this because it's it's garbage. Um, so nobody wants to be seen to be the one to put the nail in the coffin. Uh, but it, it's just a joke. It's a joke. I mean, you know, what sort of atmosphere are you generating with a few guys in the corners who are just, you know, mainly taking cover from stuff that's been thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I I don't see the point of it. It, it should have been... The, the problem is people say we need to be the bigger club, we need to be the adults, <clears throat> we need to be the grown-ups in the room. That's all right, but we're dealing with toddlers. You know, are people who are pandling, pandering to anger. You know, it's not... Uh, you know, if, they, if they're seen to back down, their own fans will go through them. Uh, so... You know, it, it's one of these situations that I, I don't want to take it away from our own supporters who want to go, but at the same time, I don't see the point. Uh, I, I would just, you know, give them nothing until they give us something decent. You know, I, I would just take it away from them completely until they give us something decent. And there are consequences to that. There are, you know, the atmosphere was one of the big things for the broadcasters. Mm. You know, I still think you get a decent atmosphere, but is it is it just as quite? It's, it's more of a choir type effect than it is, you know, the, the sort of the inbuilt aggression that you get in, a, in a, as football games, that sort of a, a, that sort of tribal, a, you know, what chanting back and forward. So I understand it's a big miss, but this is, this is just a joke and it's just allowing everyone to plaster over the cracks. That's all it's doing. It's just allowing everyone to say, look, it's all right, that's fine, we don't need to talk about that anymore, you know, because we've got our allocation. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And the pe- people that should be stepping in are the SFA. Yes. This is, this is the, you know, this, this is our uh, supposedly our blue ribboned, you know, event, as it were. This is, this is the major event in the sporting calendar, sporting football calendar for Scottish football. And they won't allow uh, any number of away fans. I, how does that make sense? You know, so... I don't know. I, I, Michael Beale might want to take some of the brown brogues and suits he's got the boys with him and uh, march them up to the brown brogues and suits that are in the SFA and have a, a, a chat with them about, um, you know, maybe sorting out the allocation. But it's it's just, a, yeah, to me it's just a nonsense. Sorry, I'm ranting again. Paddy, what do you make of it, mate? <laughs> no, nah, listen, I, I, th- I think um, in terms of the, the atmosphere that's generated in the stadium, I think... 
the last Glasgow derby we, we, we had at Celtic Park put that to bed. I mean, that atmosphere was tremendous. Now, obviously, that was a nighttime game, wasn't it, when we beat them um, that night? And that obviously lended to the atmosphere, but um, it should be all or nothing. All or nothing. You either go back to the old allocation or we just get nothing at all. Uh, I'm with you, John. I, I, I think that allocation is just... I wouldn't want to sit in that corner of that stadium, um, like you say, getting hit with all sorts of vitriol and nonsense um, for, for 90 minutes, because that, that's what it would be. It would just be constant abuse and you're sitting there huddled in that wee corner. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't appeal to me, and I, I take my hat off to the guys that, that, that actually go and do that. Um, so, no, I, I think... Um, and it won't, it won't change. It simply won't change, because nobody wants to lose face. And that's it. I can't see I can't see Rangers biting the bullet and going right. Let's get it back to the full stand. And I certainly can't see us doing that unless there's some sort of leeway or some sort of kind of um, some sort of give there. But I, I don't see it. It's been how long now? Two. Well, if you don't count the the COVID season, it's been two seasons, two, almost two seasons now. Well, this allocation nonsense mm. of three seasons. So, nah, I don't think it's going to change. And. I'm- I, ironically, can I just add in there? Ironically, the one season um, where uh, they actually uh, won something was the season there wasn't any fans, and now we're back to pumping them anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think all or nothing, and if they're hitting us with 700 and whatever, eight tickets, Celtic should just send them back. See, look, it's insulting. It's actually insulting when you, when you look at it that way. And, we, and either if the SFA don't step in, somebody's got to make a change. Somebody's going to have to kind of grow the bigger set and, 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 make, and make the first step. I can't see it being us, and it certainly won't be. It certainly won't be them. Are we talking testicular fortitude again, Paddy? Well, I didn't want to steal his part. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to bring some different part to the podcast. So, Superb. Uh, if, if you give me a, a minute, I'll think of something. Worse. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a situation. I'll go to one of the points you made there, John, about listen, we're football fans, so we don't think about product. We think about the team you're supporting and you get you get involved in the emotion of that. But there are people employed in, in high powered and high paid jobs within Scottish football who have to protect the brand of, of the game. And the big thing that they've always done is they've lumped Celtic and Rangers into this this joint kind of headed monster um, that they then sell to sponsors and broadcasters. Now, it's difficult enough, even with the two big clubs in Scotland, to get sponsors because they've struggled to, to find sponsors, particularly for some of the Cups. Scottish Cups should always have a big sponsorship deal. It's not always been the case. And I think that if you have a situation like this and you fail to, to deal with it, and like you say, John, it could affect the spectacle in terms of a broadcastable, sellable brand, then you're not doing your job. Now, Celtic are in an impossible position because they've been faced with this and they can't just bend over. So it does, I think, require now the authorities to come in and sort it out. Well, it always did. It always did. And it should have been dealt with immediately. Immediately the first time they said, no, we're only giving you 700 or we're only giving you 800 or you know whatever it was the first time they did it. That should have been stamped on straight away. The SFA should have been right in there and said, no, no, that's not happening. Not in this game. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it was always for the authorities to step in because, as you say, and it's the same thing we were talking about with the Aberdeen manager earlier on. His job is not necessarily to look after the product. That's the SFA. They're supposed to be looking after the product. They're supposed to be looking after the brand. They're supposed to be selling. Is it any wonder we can't get a TV deal? You can't get opposition fans into the ground on your biggest, uh, your biggest fixture. You can't get opposition fans into the ground on that. Um, I mean, it's an absolute nonsense. And then, you know, again, especially in view of the likes of we're trying to sell this product, uh, you've got the likes of what Godwin did there, which is just anti-football. Most of the games against us are anti-football. You get people, those games are on Sky. People people from all around the world could be tuning into that, uh, you know, and it's this anti-football that we're playing. It's it's dreary, it's a drudge. Um, And so the only game really where... You know, two teams are likely to play any football uh, is uh, Celtic and Rangers. Uh, that's uh, the, the only game where, the, you know, you're definite that they're not just going to dig in. They're going to come out and play. Mm-hmm. So, and in that game, there's no opposition fans. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are, in fact, rules. I, you know, I'm sure someone's going to dig into the rule book now and prove me wrong. But there are not rules already there which can be enforced, which should be enforced. I think there's a rule for minimum amount of ticketing um, yeah. for, for away fans. Um, I don't, I, ca- I can't remember exactly what percentage it is, but I'm sure when when this first kicked in, um, I think it was was Rangers. They went to the the, the absolute minimum that they, they could have went to for, and they, and they used the rule. I don't know if it's yeah. changed. I don't know. I, I don't know if seven hundred and eight is does meet that requirement or does meet that minimum requirement. Well, I could it would make sense. But, it would um, make sense as to find a definite rule there. Number. But I agree with you. I don't. I don't think the SFA have got. I've got a backbone. To be fair, to, to try and sort this out. Could, could you imagine them trying to take on two of the biggest clubs in Scotland over a, a over this? I can't see it because then they would probably be accused of taking sides um, a one club over the other. Um, so, but they're not even taking on two clubs, Paddy. They're true. taking on one club. True. You know, say Celtic would happily go back to the yep. way it was. I think Celtic don't have any problem. You know, it's just the fact that they can't be seen to be, you know, uh, letting their fans suffer uh, and letting the, the the Rangers fans benefit. So, yep. uh, you know, they're not taking on two clubs. It's one club. It's one club, and. Um, you know why aren't they taking him on? Oh God! You know I don't know why. It's a mystery. Why don't we ask all the ex Rangers officials that are in the SFA why they're not taking them on? Um, whatever but, could you mean, John? Whatever could you mean? I, you know, I, I'm sure it's coincidental. But yeah, uh, you know, you would hope that your your governing body would deal with this situation. It's not as if they've got a ton of things to deal with. You know, this is pretty basic stuff. You know, in fact, it's the most basic stuff. Your best game. You know, the the game that everybody watches, you're guaranteed is going to get eyes on it and you're not allowing away fans in. Um, It's just, to me, it's it's, it's pretty depressing when you look at the um, Scottish football as a whole, that our governing body is so incompetent and so impotent. Um, uh, You know, and is it any wonder we end up with these shocking TV deals? Mm -hmm. Um, Other leagues take the same amount of money per game. Um, you know, and it's just it's, it's sheer. It's completely, completely, completely uh, unacceptable in terms of the the lack of them doing their jobs. It's pathetic. Yeah, it is, John. And by the way, it's not ranting. 
it's not ranting. Get it out. Keep it coming. <laughs> um, and, it, and it leads us quite nicely on to Anspossacoglu continues to destroy the lazy narrative. And that is in reference to him continuously being asked similar style questions, particularly in press conferences, where he's actually spoke out about it. Um, to say that it's that we're not the same entity. We are a completely different club. Uh, we are nothing like Rangers, is what Ange has been saying. And it, it comes to the point, I think, the frustration in Ange Borsicoglu has been building for some time, Paddy. Yep. And um, by the way, I don't think he's ever given anybody an easy ride of it uh, since he came to the club. Um, if he's unhappy with a line of questioning, he is more... Uh, than able to to pick them up for it. What did you make of Angie's comments? And he's one hundred percent right. And and in many ways, it's along the same lines that we've been talking about. It's not about both clubs. It's about one club. I, I thought they were brilliant, and what I, what I did like about that as well is he actually had a dig at the rest of the managers for going along with it as well. Mm. Um, he he's seen he's been alluding to this since the Champions League campaign when we were kind of going for it, having a we, we set up our team to attack in the Champions League. The other teams set up their, their team to defend. But somehow we were getting lumped in with this complete reported failure um, the Scottish clubs in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And that, that annoyed them a lot. That And, and I think it's been bubbling since then. Um, and obviously the line of questioning yesterday has annoyed them to, the, to, this, to, to even named certain managers in the league that, that follow the narrative, like, like Jim, and, and he took a wee pop at David Martindale as well. By he's another one that um, that, that follows that that kind of that that kind of answer those kind of questions. The thing about I love about Andrew is he, he, he doesn't care. He'll speak his mind, and if there's something that irks him or something that annoys him, he'll let you know about it. But he does it. He does it with, with class and humility. When you watch the when you watch the the press conference yesterday, that that was a guy that was measured. He was calm. He spoke his mind, but it came across in, in a way that made people sit up and listen. And, and when you look at the way it's been reported, the media read a report this morning, and, and obviously he, he, very, one of the first things that Ange Postecoglou says was, he, he pointed the finger at the media and says, you guys you guys drive this, but it was put in the very last column in a, a piece, I can't remember which article it was, I think it was a Herald or something. That quote was put in the very last column. I was like, well, that's clever, isn't it? You can, <laughs> you can sit and, and talk about how Andrew's talking about a narrative of Scottish football, but it's actually, he's having a dig at the media. He's having a dig at the media and how they're, they're lumping us in with with um, with Rangers and how they, they lump each other in with everybody else. I thought it was brilliant. I, I loved it. And I, I actually wrote about it today and how he had took, how he took that question and turned it into a, 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 a way that the media need to look at themselves and try and we are individual. We we aren't. We we are totally different club. Like Ange says, Saw St Johnston, Livingston tonight will be a different challenge for Aberdeen. They'll probably set up around about the same way, but it'll be a completely different challenge. And to lump everybody in um, with the same kind of narrative, it is. It's lazy. It's boring. Uh, and I'm glad he called it out. Yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. to me, John, you've got someone coming into the Scottish game, <coughs> and it's like what you were saying there. If, if you're told something or something exists long enough it, and it becomes the norm and then people stop questioning it because it's the norm and just come in with these eyes wide open he's thinking what is this all about I mean we're Celtic and you know he says one thing I found interesting if he was to treat Livingston like St Johnston then it, it would be deemed disrespectful if he was to treat all the other 10 clubs the same way 
it would be deemed disrespectful. And I, th- I do think it is about time that you know there was a line drawn in the sand, and I think Angie's continually trying to do that, John. Well, mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, your, your tagline there is uh, quite accurate, uh, Paul John, uh, lazy narrative, because it's this this reporting of us and the description of us as some sort of homogenous blob, uh, you know, is, you know, basically some sort of prehistoric bit of, you know, sponge that can't be separated. Uh, you know, it's, it's absolute rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's pointing out the obvious, but the, 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 the press have got so used to, and I think that's what's infected the managers, because it's easy then for the managers to deflect. The press, obviously this happened, this went into overdrive in 2012, and from then onwards this went into overdrive, uh, because... Certain uh, clubs obviously want to be associated with success, uh, want to you know bathe in the, the light of, of the, the the successful brand of other clubs. Uh, so that has gone into overdrive in the last sort of ten years, uh, and the press obviously not just went along with it; they created that narrative to a large extent um, because. Uh, you know, there was a, obviously there's a lot of inherent bias with their team, and you know their team they want their team not to be looked at as as any lesser. Uh, so that's just carried on, and what that does is give the managers and all the other managers just a an immediate out when they're in these interviews to say, ah, no, Celtic Rangers, Celtic Rangers, Celtic Rangers, you know, Rangers Celtic, you know, uh, and it's very much as Anne said. I mean, when we were into Europe. You're looking at Madrid, and you don't sit there and you're looking at Shakhtar. You're not sitting there going, "Ah, you know, all these pot four teams, and you know, all these pot three teams, and you know, why, why do we even bother?" Mm-hmm. You know, what you're looking at is how are they playing? What's their current form like? What fixtures do they have coming up? What's their injury list like? You know, what's their incentive to beat us at this stage in the season? You know, what attitude can we expect from them? All of these things, which are critical. 
And uh, you know, there's plenty of times this season we've had uh, you know injuries that could have uh, really impacted a game. Uh, and to just immediately say Celtic Rangers, Celtic Rangers, uh, it's it's an inherent nonsense that shouldn't need to be pointed out. But the fact that it is pointed out, you will see no difference, no difference at all. That that is just going to carry on because it is easy, it's lazy, uh, and it just lets them constantly feed on this. It's the opposite, you know. It's, it's something like almost like you know. You can see why the SFA, for instance, would promote something like that mm-hmm. because they can then just go and sell this homogenous blob as you're talking about. Here you are. This is what you know. Buy this. Uh, that's fine, uh, and not worry about the rest of it. But then that goes back to the point about the the tickets. I mean, that's just why that's such a nonsense. It's why it's such a poor. The governance of our game is absolutely tragically bad. Uh, at that level, uh, I'm not sure there are many other FAs which are uh, as incompetent as ours. But you know, back to I mean, Angie's comments. It, you know, it must frustrate the life out of him that these things are so obvious, and he's got to sit there. And um, you know, I, I, I suspect Angie's temperament, my own, aren't that far apart, and it must be very, very difficult for the man to. Uh, keep it calm when faced with this just lazy, lazy. Oh, what about yourself and Rangers? What about this and Rangers? What, what, what's they got? To, what have they got to do with us? You know, they play a completely different way, completely different set of players, completely different vision, mm-hmm. uh, completely different strategy. You know, and it's got nothing to do with us. You know, you might as well look. I mean, if they're lumping us in with Real Madrid. You know, I, I can understand why Rangers don't complain about it because if they were constantly going Celtic Barcelona, Celtic Barcelona, Celtic Barcelona, I'd be like, well, okay, fair enough. We'll you know, I take that, yeah. You know, so I can see why they take it, but you know, at the end of the day, it's um, you know, Ange was right to to call it out, and it is very very enjoyable that we have a manager who may not know his way around Glasgow. Uh, as other managers have known, but uh, is able to see the clear nonsense. You know, as you say, Paul, coming in from the outside, just looking at this going, what is this? I know. What what is this conversation? What is this narrative? How does this make sense in anybody's head? Uh, He spotted that from day one, didn't he? He he did. He was clued up with it straight away. I mean, even through his first press conference to the times when... Um, he was getting told he was he was getting sacked by Christmas after a a one one draw with Dundee United. He spotted the narrative straight away and, and he knew it and he called it out and he was never done calling it out. Um, and it was brilliant listening to that as a as a Celtic fan. It was it was excellent just watching one of the managers. I've not seen anything like that probably since the Gordon Stratton days where they call where a manager called it the the media like the way he does. It's um, it's brilliant and he's he's very clever in the way he does it. I think um, remember the where, where I think he was in an airport and we're coming back from uh, the game against Michelin. I think that's where he, he basically stopped the reporter in, in his tracks. What was the word to use? Catastrophe, I think it was. Is that right? Or cat- <laughs> catastrophic defeat? Aye, uh, uh, something yeah. like that. Yep, yep. And he's and he's pinpointed um, from there, and I, I don't think he stopped because he <laughs> yeah. never stops, um, as as we've been told. Listen, before I get back onto some of the comments, <clears throat> I'm going to talk a wee bit. And I'll be allowed to because this is Celtic records, man. This is Celtic music. <laughs> and that is what the glory and the dream is all about. Now, many of you 
will be familiar with that record. That's That was in our house for uh, years and years growing up. And it's interesting when you look at some of the songs that made it onto the holy ground of Glasgow Celtic, Champions of Europe, 1966-67. Songs like Hail Hail, The Celts Are Here, the Johnny Thompson song, um, right, and, and various others, let's just say. The Celtic song, um, <laughs> Sean, Sean South makes it onto that as well. So that was a, a record that certainly was in my house growing up. And another one, uh, came out double champions 1970-71. Now there's loads of other Celtic records out there, but this is the one, John, that I mentioned to you um, at the weekend there. And yeah, thanks everybody for uh, being involved at the in the weekend. Or Paddy and John um, included in that. It's been a great success so far, but we're keeping it running. And this was a, a single that was released on Scotia Records, and it's Celts are here. Now, I don't know if it came with a cover, but a lot of the times what happens is we just end up with the, the wee inside sleeve. 1970, Celts are here, sung by the Celtic First Team Squad. And then on the flip side, the vocal was by Jimmy Johnston, and it's a song called Passing Time. So there's a few records that are in the studio, and obviously we're adding to the songbook with uh, The Glory and the Dream. I will be playing it to you because uh, we've dropped from 16 to, at the last check, 39 in the charts. And we're hoping that as the week progresses and it gets played at Celtic Park tonight and hopefully on Saturday, um, that there is another wee, uh, you know, a wee spike in downloads. If you want to support the charity, you can download the song. The link is underneath this video. Um, any of you guys have any of the records I just showed on the screen there? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm afraid I don't have any records at all uh, anymore, Paul. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't be big into my music the same way that, that you guys are. So I, I can't claim to. In fact, most of the records I've seen recently, my mother still has them because she hasn't been able to. She she get left with them when we all moved out, mm-hmm. and now she she has a collection that's probably worth a few quid. To be fair, uh, and uh, my missus does have a record player up the stairs, but I, I can't say I've used it much. Uh, so, uh, no, I, I get most of my uh, Celtic content. I just have a, a very long playlist on Spotify, basically. Uh, so, uh, to which the glory and the dream is now the number one contributor. Superb. <laughs> Superb. I'd love to hear that. I mean, fairly recently, there was a song came out uh, by Kevin Miles Paddy. You'll remember, I think it was about three or four years ago now, and we got Kevin in to do a session in um, the toll booth in Stirling. And I remember how refreshing that particular song was because, you know, you would you would buy a Celtic song, you would help a cause, at which he was at the time. It was a foundation. But it was a right good song, and it was a really, really good accompanying video as well. Um, and in many ways, it's probably been part of the inspiration for us doing this. So big shout out to Kevin, who's a lovely fella. As well, and you just hope that the glory and the dream can find its way into that Celtic songbook, Paddy. Um, and it'll feel great actually. I'm taking the wee boy to the game on Saturday, and he already knows the lyrics, so it'll <laughs> feel great once that comes across on uh, the tannoy. And, and imagine it got into the top 40. The, the ambition for us is to have it in the top 40 by Sunday, right? It's in there the now, it's been up and down. And obviously, with some of the, the greats passing in the last few days, there's more attention on the likes. A lot of the special songs are, are in the charts at the moment, which is just quite right. But uh, how amazing would it be, Paddy, to get into the top 40 and raise loads of money for St Mary's? Oh, it'd be incredible. Um, it would just be... 
the ultimate. I mean, I, I think you'll, you'll make it. I think you'll, you'll get there. Um, it's a great tune. Um, we promoted it yesterday on, on the site. Um, wrote an article about it and, and sent it out. Uh, I love it, and it would be some achievement to even to, the fact you're in there now is, is incredible. So, nice. fingers crossed that we can see it there on Sunday. Um, aye, and we've got it in, in this house as well. So, it's, it's great. I'm like the world's uh, biggest, ugliest groupie because uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited about it. It's just been even sort of slight association. Uh, any arm's length association with it and if oh, my only contribution um, is to be the, the Twitter hype man I'm happy with that um, <laughs> I absolutely love to see it get into that top 40 or go higher I mean honestly when it was at 16 you were going you know, just, uh, Mariah Carey's passed it anyway let's face it <laughs> do you know what I mean uh, so it was fantastic to see that. Absolutely fantastic. That was unbelievable. That. Yeah. You know, and Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. A mere, a mere amateur compared to us. You know, so uh, no, that was brilliant to see. And I hope it continues. I hope everyone doesn't just download it. They uh, they keep on looping it on Spotify. Every 30 second play counts. Uh, the wee loop button's on the right hand side underneath the time, you know, 321 is the time of the song, there's a wee loop button there, if you can't see it as I couldn't see it it means your Spotify's in car mode so change it from car mode uh, and just have it look there in the background and keep uh, playing it folks Great hack, superb hack Yeah and you know we might need a wee last minute we might need a wee Jamesy Forrest uh, flick onto McGregor to get it back up the charts and I'm sure you will oblige there's been quite a lot of uh, speculation, something else that Ange spoke about uh, recently in his press conference. But what's interesting me a little bit, because if I think back a few weeks ago, he spoke about bringing in a couple, which we've done. We know who the couple are. Um, there's another discussion to be had around whether or not we need another striker, of course. I'm pretty sure there's a few people, if we are able to get them in the door, and it's a Matt O'Reilly scenario. I know he doesn't play up front, but that scenario, then we'll take them on board. But quite a few of our players are now um, garnering the attention from others. Now, you mentioned about being compared to Barcelona. Barcelona have been um, thrown into the mix. I'll come to yourself first, Paddy, in relation to Juranovic. We've also got teams interested in Johnny Kenny, who came over highly rated from Sligo Rovers. Stephen Welsh has had interest, but also Boston Lawal and uh, Ewan O'Toole. Now, I, I only know a little bit about to due to the fact that the Clyde boys used to come onto um, our channel and every week, you know, when he was on loan at Clyde, he was getting rave reviews there. And um, he's obviously continued his development. But our young players, and I know that Lawal came in and we signed him and we paid money for him, um, our young players are getting interest as well. And they're getting interest from, you know, good, solid clubs all across Europe. Um, what does that say about us, Paddy? Does it basically say that we do have the talent there, but we're still struggling to find that pathway? Or, I mean, when I'm looking at some of these guys, they're not, for me, obviously, Juranovic aside, they're not going to get into this first 11 unless there's a, an, an injury crisis. Well, they're not. And, and uh, we, we kind of <clears throat> messaged back and forth last night about this. And, um, I, I basically said that if we're serious about bringing through talent, we we need to we need to as a whole stop loaning players in. Um, I think if we are serious about bringing somebody through like you and Etu or, or Boston Lava, we should send Maritz Jens back to his parent club in the summer and, and have these guys sit on the bench or give them a try. Mm. But the problem we've got is we've also got Kobayashi. Um, 
who's been signed and now you'll find that Stephen Welsh as well is not getting the game time. So what's going to happen with him? Is he going to get loaned out? Is he going to get sold? A lot of speculation about him attracting attention from the likes of Roma and Torino um, in January. Um, but the also problem I've got is Young Eto'o, he's, he's at a contract in the summer. So he, he could potentially leave for free, um, sign a pre-contract with someone else and go for free. So I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. If, I, if I'm honest, we've not seen a, a player come through since Kieran Tierney. Um, and it looks like we're not going to see it for a while yet. Um, the, I think the person closest to it was, was young Ben Doak before he was picked up by Liverpool. Mm. And mm. Ange tried to persuade him to stay. Ange tried to get him to stay, give him a taste of first-team football, even put him in the derby. But I think by then, it, the, the ship had sailed for the young guy. Um, and the minute Liverpool came calling, he, he was convinced. And I think we're going to see more of that come the summer. Unless, unless there's a, a change in tact to stop loaning players in, and we just blood our own our own youngsters through. There's a couple of things in that, Paddy, that um, I would expand on because I don't think we have been particularly good in the loan market bringing players in um, until recently. And then you look at what we did with Maeda and Jota and Carter Vickers. But then on the flip side of that, you know, if Ben Doak was a legacy issue that Ange tried his best to to solve. And I think that was the case. He did. He tried his utmost to, to show the kid that, you know, you could play first-team football here. He played in that game you were talking about in February. Yeah. Um, he came on in that game. I just think Ange has come late to this party and he's doing everything he can to try and put things in place to show the young players that you do have a future here at Celtic Park. But his so-called reserve team or the coach team are sitting in the fifth tier of Scottish football. That's not his fault. I mean, these no. developments took so long. Um, and Ben Doak, imagine Ben Doak had a conversation with Ange and said to him, right, OK, so you might bring, um, or, you know, Yakamakis is fit and, and Kyogo's fit and they're playing brilliant and they're scoring goals um, and I'm not getting game time, what happens to me then? And the answer is, oh, you'll play for the B team. And really, in the fifth year of Scottish football, so you can understand. And but it must be so frustrating, John Farange, because it is a legacy issue, and it's going to be very difficult for him to convince the likes of uh, O2, even Lowell, who's had a wee bit of first team experience, although not competitively, to stay at the club. Um, well, the the major problem, well, obviously, you know, first and foremost, there's the issue of just managing stock. Basically, uh, you know, not every player is going to play for us, no matter how you know promising they are, because there's no guarantee they're going to make it. It just, you know, it doesn't suit the club at the time, doesn't suit the player at the time. Timing is a big thing, uh, so uh, there's a lot of these young players who won't get the chance, and that's just the nature of the game. Um, the likes of Ben Dokes, that's an unfixable problem. Uh, for us, that's not a problem that we're ever going to be able to solve because, quite frankly, you know, as that boy's going on to show. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You know, he's not going to sign for, you know, make him through at 16, he's gone. You know, and anyone of that ilk is gone and there's nothing that we can do about that contract-wise, to my knowledge, because I don't think you can tie them down until, you know, later, uh, you know, when they're a bit older. So, um, 
there is there is that. The se- second issue is something that I think we've spoken about before. I have no idea what the point of the B team is. No idea at all. I don't know why it's there. Uh, you know, if you if you want to have the kids, and I I mean kids, uh, in that team, then that's fine. But for me, if you're going to have the likes of Lowell and Vata and, and so on stepping up, those boys need to be out on loan. Mm-hmm. They, they need to be out on loan at you know other Scottish clubs at least. Uh, they they need to be out on loan doing something for their development because where they are, where they are, is, you know. How does Lowell make that jump? He comes in in a couple of games and he looks great, he looks composed, all the rest of it, but he's not under pressure, really. Uh, but he looks as if he could be a really, really good player. But now there's what... You know, why would you uh, punt Stephen Welsh to bring in Lowell? Why would you punt Kobayashi to bring in Lowell? Yeah. You know, and Starfield and Carter Vickers are your main choice and we've still got the issue of Jens, what do we do with him? You know, so where... I mean, he's got to be looking at that thinking... How am I ever going to make the step up from you know the the fifth tier mm-hmm. into this first team and seriously mm-hmm. break through? Uh, we have a serious problem in, uh, with that gap because there is no pathway. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. I mean, you're talking about pathways. All we can see, uh, you know, someone was pointing out the other day. Law has been on the bench a couple of times recently, and it smacks of the situation with Doak uh, before, where we were desperately trying to give him. You know, minutes of you know, it's so, like a token gesture, isn't it? It's totally, look, look, son, you're nearly there, you're nearly yeah. there, just hang on, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it, it really does smack of a bit of desperation because there is, there is no, you know, we, we talk about pathways, the coaches talk about pathways, that is not a pathway. That, well, in the middle, of, it might be a pathway, but in the middle of that pathway, there's a chasm which is almost unbridgeable, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. until we can find a way to go over that chasm, then these boys do not realistically have a chance of making it, which means for me, the B team is a complete waste of resources. It's a waste of time, it's a waste of resources Um, and I don't see how we benefit from it Um, and you know, we we must have something else in place. Now, I I appreciate that this is not just a Celtic situation, um, you know, there's an issue across the board. We can't just play against ourselves. Um, but these guys, you know, the, anyone who looks as if they are making that step from the B team to the first team needs to be out on loan straight away at the moment because there's no there's no bridge in between. So they need to be out, they need to be gone, uh, they need to be down the road uh, and uh, we need to see what they're made of because there's, there's no other way to do it. You know, it's just... I can't understand... You know, it's that sort of thing before. I'm just looking at the narrative of the homogenous blob and thinking this is nonsense. Surely you've got to be looking at that situation and think, this is nonsense as well. You know, that's not a situation of his making either. He's got to be looking at that thinking, what what, what point is this? You know, because if we can see it, he can see it. Mm, Without a doubt, John. There's going to come a time, and it'll take a few years before we know who made it and who didn't. But there's going to be a time where we look at a group of players who are probably, I think, already 12 strong, who were at Celtic, who left Celtic, and who at this moment are developing elsewhere. And we know the two boys at Bayern Munich are in amongst that group. Leo Held, 
who, yeah, we did buy in as a young player, but, you know, we let him go and he's away to Leeds. And we've had a whole host of them, um, Angelini, Doak, and I think the last time I looked at the list, there was a whole team, there was a whole side um, of these youngsters that we can't offer the platform to. They go elsewhere. Some of them won't make it, we get that, but um, it's going to be an interesting group uh, to look at, you know, the likes of Ben Doak and his contemporaries that have left Celtic and just what they achieve in the game. And then it'll be a frustration for the fans. It'll be a frustration for whoever's in charge of Celtic that we don't have the talent. I think all you need to do, even if you were to go back in the last 20 years and look at who's graduated from the academy to the first-team squad. And every year there's four or five who graduate from the academy to the first-team squad. And how many games did they play? And where did their careers go? And you, you do focus on the success stories of the likes of Aidan McGeady and Kieran Tierney and those that are in the team right now, you know, Ralston included, Forrest, McGregor. But over a 20-year period, it's not good enough and it hasn't been for many, many years. And it's probably um, really ambitious to think that Ange's going to be the one to solve it because the, the lifespan of a manager at Celtic, if you yeah. look at that as well, isn't... 10, 15, 20 years as it was in the early part of Celtic's history. So there's probably not time to sort it out within one managerial tenure either, John. Well, well I did an analysis on this for a previous show and effectively what it showed was if you go back to the sort of mid-90s, say, uh, <clears throat> the people that have come through our system uh, and what it's cost us to run that, effectively we've broken even. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've broken even including a generational transfer uh, with Tierney so if it wasn't for that 25 million we'd be in the hole some considerable degree uh, with what our, um, uh, what our youth team and academy set up has uh, produced for us so th there is obviously a structural problem which is why you have to have a functioning uh, football department and someone like Ange who has a vision and a strategy for that Ange can't fix all of our ills. He can't solve everything. He's not a miracle worker. You know, I mean, he's already working miracles for the, but he can't he can't do it everywhere. I mean, this is this is an issue for the club, and, and the the problem is, you know, you've got people behind the scenes there, and this is where you go back to the, the, the boardroom structures and so on. You've got people beside the scenes there that are just too comfortable, too easy, and they're, they're not incentivized enough to deal with this problem. It's sort of enough to have it there. Let's just have this thing there and let's hope for the best. There doesn't appear to be a, a coherent vision for it. Um, because if we did have a vision for it, we would never have agreed to the, this, uh, you know, fifth tier of football you know, situation. Uh, we would have been looking for something else, even if they play less, but play a lot of European games mm -hmm. with similar size clubs. You know, anything at all, you know, bounce games against better clubs. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but this is pointless. And, you know, you can't expect Ange to, to have really anything to do with that, quite frankly, because we know he won't be there in the long term. So it's not his issue. Um, and it just, but it hasn't been dealt with. So it's a, it's a failure, uh, you know, of the club to deal with over the last 20 plus years nearly 30 years as a matter of fact, if not longer. And it's, you know, it's difficult to see who's going to deal with it now because all we've really been doing is rearranging the deck chairs in terms of the people involved. So, uh, you know, who, who's going to take that on board? So do we have a football department which would be, you know, um, 
where, where people have been appointed to essentially deal with the long-term strategy here. Uh, because unless someone is doing that, this, this is it's never going to resolve itself. And we need to be as uh, creative, we need to be as... Um, insightful, we, we need to be as sort of almost revolutionary in our thinking as Ange has been in terms of coming in and shaking things up and changing them. We need a different approach. What do they say? Is, is this a true sign of madness? You know, repeating the same repeating thing. The same thing. Expecting yeah. different results. Well, that's all we're doing. We're just repeating the same thing, expecting a different result. So technically, you know, there you are. It's madness. But John, you just... We, 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 what did you call it, John? Testicular... Fortitude behind the scenes to, to grab it and change it until we yeah. get that. I, I don't think it's ever going to change, which is a shame when you look at yeah. the, the talent we do seemingly have at the B team level. But exactly, they're, they're being produced. This is the frustration, yeah. they're being produced and yeah. often going elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely great points. I'm going to bring in some comments before we have a, a roundup of Livingston tonight. There will obviously be the pre match before then. Uh, Kevin McCluskey and Lawrence will be looking at the, the lineups and the potential outcomes of that game. They'll also be on at halftime and full time. We've got FS Wood, who would play a badder before Maeda um, tonight. I think I wouldn't be surprised if that happened this evening for sure. Paddy, can you see any other changes in the, the starting lineup from the game against Aberdeen? I think we'll definitely see a bad in today. Um, the fact that Ange mentioned in his press conference yesterday why he made the change. We're going to have that same situation tonight, aren't we? At home against Livingston, we're going to be faced with probably two buses parked behind the ball. Um, and I think we might even see Jack and Marcus instead of Kyogo, um, just to give us that wee bit of dimension up front, that different kind of dimension. Well, yeah. I, I, can, I, can I just say, I, I, I wouldn't want to see a bad end. He did a great job uh, at the weekend uh, and he brought that sort of dynamism going past him, which was much necessary. But I, I would be starting a bad off the bench. The player I want to see back is Haksabanovic. So uh, apparently he is uh, back and fit for this game. Uh, so I'd be having uh, uh, Haksabanovic uh, and uh, Jota uh, and Kyogo. I know Kyogo didn't play well the other day, uh, but, you know, we can go into the stats about it, but essentially he's underperforming a bit this season. So is Jack and Marcus underperforming this season. Um, you know, Jack and Marcus might be better suited to this sort of game, but, uh, you know, I want Haxabanovic because I think that's the kind of creativity you need in your team to break down these packed defences. That's what you need. And Abada, for all his pace and direct running, um, you know, doesn't really beat a man without someone else making the pass. Um, you know, so it, it's he's not as tricky as Haksabanovic, he's not as creative as Haksabanovic, in my view. That's my that, opinion. That's uh, a good point. So, you know, I, 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 I think Ralston helps him quite a, a, a fair bit of badder, doesn't he, he, John? Yes, very much. And it is proved by the pass of the game mm -hmm. uh, the other day with Ralston. Um, Ralston's passing is really quite something, um, you know. So uh, it's, he is very much helped down that side. But again, with these guys. You, the, the difference, what you're trying to do is avoid them you know, packing the defence and doing what we said earlier, making a, a £1 million player the equivalent of a £5 million player by packing it so much they can't do anything. So we need our most creative brains on the pitch. Uh, and uh, the, for me, those two creative brains are Haksabanovic and Jota. I'd love to see Aksabanovic. I think he'll be a big player for us in the second half. Danielle agrees with yourself, Paddy, in relation to Yakamakis. Some thought he would have been a good addition against Aberdeen. Um, we are going to leave you with a song 
Of course we are. It's the glory and the dream. We want to push it back up the charts. If you can stream it, as John quite rightly said, get it streaming, get it on repeat, because that's what I'm doing in the studio. But if you want to download it, I think the, the download equates to something like 150 streams or plays on the streaming services. We are raising cash for St Mary's, um, which is the birthplace of Celtic. There is a video on our channel um, all around last year's um, fundraising efforts with St Mary's and it's brilliant to see Karen and Tom uh, talking about the impact that all you guys and girls had on the chapel, on the birthplace of Celtic. So if you've not seen that, um, dig it out on our YouTube channel and if you haven't subscribed, please do so as well. It's growing rapidly as the Axon YouTube. But here is the wakes, or here are rather the wakes in Carly Connor with the glory and the dream. Hail, hail.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.